Well, haven't you heard that revival is happening? It's pretty obvious if you know where to look. More and more people are coming alive to the reality of God's absolutely intimate, powerful, and overwhelming presence in their lives. And so many people are hungry for it. They're starving for it, in fact. Revival's in the air. And all we got to do is breathe deep, and it will start to happen to us in our diocese, in our parish right here at St. Pete, in our own family, and in our own individual hearts. Maybe you've heard about the recent Asbury Revival, a totally impromptu prayer session among college students that ended up lasting 16 days, roughly 400 hours straight, and attracted 50 to 70,000 people from all across the country, all converging on a town of 6,000. People who willingly and freely paused their regular lives to simply come and worship the Lord together. Another revival just broke out recently in the Bronx with 24-hour adoration of the most blessed sacrament. Hundreds of people streaming in and out of this chapel right up to their celebration of Holy Week. Revival's happening. Are we ready for it? Are we hungry for it? Now, before you answer that, first, let's ask, what exactly do I mean by revival? What is revival? Well, the shortest and perhaps best definition that I've ever seen is this one. Revival is God's arrival. It's that divine visitation, a sovereign act of God in response to sincere, fervent prayer and desire. It's marked by a deep conviction of sin. It is an outpouring of power and love. It's a flash of evangelistic energy and zeal. It's a reigniting of passion for reading scripture, for silent adoration and prayer, for heartfelt praise. It can't be organized. It can't be planned by any human effort. You can't reserve space on the calendar for revival. It just happens. It just happens. Why? Well, because God always wants to bring dead things back to life. The Lord promised that revival would happen. In the Psalms we read, O God, who is like you? You who have made me see many troubles and calamities will revive me again. From the depths of the earth, you will bring me up again. In the prophet Hosea we read, he will revive us after two days. On the third day, he will raise us up to live in his presence. And then in the prophet Ezekiel, we get this incredible promise of revival. Thus says the Lord God, look, I am going to open your graves. I will make you come up out of your graves, my people. You shall know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and make you come up out of them. All of these beautiful Old Testament promises, and many, many more than any one homily could possibly contain, all of them were pointing ahead to something never seen before. They all pointed to what we are celebrating today, 
Easter Sunday. The greatest revival happened on this day. Up to that moment, the tomb was dark. It was lifeless and hopeless. Defeat hung in the air ever since Good Friday. Despair seemed to have the final word. But then beyond all hope, bam, crack, smash, the light, it suddenly burst out and angels descended with a trumpet blast. The earth rocked and reeled. The king leapt up from his funeral slab. The first revival happened. Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. Hallelujah. Those who put him to death, crucifying him, pinning him down to that chunk of wood, they thought that they finally did it. They assumed that they finally, finally put a stop to this strange, divisive, miracle-working ministry of Jesus. But little did they know, they were just breaking the dam. They had no idea, but they were actually unleashing the floodwaters of revival. And now, because Jesus really truly died on Good Friday, and he really truly was raised victorious on Easter Sunday, he can't be stopped. His heart already stopped once, but it will now go on beating forever. What can they possibly do to him now that was any worse than what they already did to him on the cross? What else can they possibly throw at him that he hasn't already conquered? His life is forever invincible now. But thankfully, that's not the end of the story either. That's a pretty good place to stop. But God goes even farther. He always does. He always goes farther. Because now that Jesus has died and is risen from the dead, he now wants to get that life his life, invincible resurrected life, into us. That's his mission, to get it into us. His revival was the first, but it would not be the last. He came to revive this entire dead world. And the way he does that, the way that he, he gets his life into us, is through the sacraments that he gave to his church. So every baptism is a brand new revival. I don't know if you heard, but 16 dead people came back to life just last night in that baptismal font over there, right there. 16 people. That's right. Dead people went down into the waters of baptism at the Easter vigil, but then they came back out revived, washed clean of all their sins, and now filled with God's own life. Every confirmation is a brand new revival. Foreheads get sealed with the sacred chrism, and the Holy Spirit fire rushes in to kindle and ignite new charisms, gifts, blessings of every kind and sort for the building up of the church. Every single confession is a brand new revival. Dead people go into the confessional. Dead people go in there, dead in their freely chosen sins, but then they walk out again confidently alive. 
completely and totally forgiven by the Lord's mercy. But above all else, the source and summit of our faith is this. Every single Mass is a brand new revival. Think about it for a minute. We bring dead bread, and we put it on that altar. We bring dead wine, and we put it on that altar, and it literally becomes the resurrected, living flesh and blood of the revived Jesus. So if the definition of revival is God's arrival, then where else does this happen more perfectly on earth than right here on the altar in the most holy Eucharist? God arrives here, and then he, he takes it another step further again, right? He arrives in your mouth. Now it makes even more sense to me that why the U.S. bishops are calling for a Eucharistic revival, a season of deepening our passion and our zeal for the most blessed sacrament, the real presence of our risen Lord. Because all, all that we long for is there. We all need revival. Every single one of us, not just those who came back to church this Sunday for the first time since Christmas, okay? No, trust me, we all need revival. We all have dead spots still in our lives, places where we desperately need the reviving touch of the risen Lord's hands, hands that had nails thrown through them. So where are you still dead? We all have at least one foot still in the tomb. We are all stubbornly holding on to some of our burial clothes in some way. And so ask yourself this evening, where is my life dead? Where is my life tired? Where is my life heavy and burdened, trapped, habitually sinful? Invite God to make a revival right there. God's fire of resurrected life. Enter that place of death. Be revived. Don't stay in your grave of apathy, your coffin of bitterness and lack of forgiveness. All that stuff is old. That doubt, that cynicism, that fear, that shame. It's old and dead. Come out. Haven't you heard that revival is happening? Because he is risen, risen indeed. And so now it's time for all of us to come alive in him, in Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit, revive us. Make us alive with Jesus.